0: Hello and welcome, this is Bittersweet Ramblings. Today I'm going to talk about stuff. Like I'm going to talk about visual effects and color palettes in movies. It's more interesting than it sounds I swear. I mean it's probably more interesting than it sounds. So let's get started! For years I was pissed at how badly cameras worked especially at night when I was riding in a car and, and we were driving and it was raining or foggy out so I would be in the passenger seat and when I would look out the street lights look like starburst the light reflected everywhere the taillights just you know the, it was blurry and it kind of merged with some of the other colors and it would reflect off of the streets It was just an explosion of sort of colors. You could still see everything clearly, but the colors around it were just really, really magnified and reflected. And I would pull out my camera and I would take a picture and the picture looked nothing like what I saw, just nothing like it. There were a lot of, you know, sharp lines The streetlights were just streetlights with maybe a little bit of fog. The taillights, they didn't have a halo of red around them. They didn't blend together. They didn't reflect off of the street the way that I saw them. It was beautiful and the camera wasn't reflecting that at all. And I wanted a picture because I wanted to remember it. I wanted to show people just how beautiful it was when you were driving. Just how amazing the light was. And years and years, I would just get furious at this. Or I would go to take a picture of the moon because the moon was hazy and, and just, just shining all over the place. And it would just be like a blob of yellow in the middle of a dark sky. Everything that showed in the picture was clear. It was too clear. None of the halos were there. None of the starbursts, none of the colors. None of what I was seeing was there. It took me way too long to realize that the cameras weren't actually lying, at at least not in this case. The cameras were accurately recording what was there, but it didn't match what I was seeing because I have a really significant astigmatism, which makes everything that I see just a little bit blurry. No matter how sharp the lens is, whether it be contact or glasses, they're always going to be a little bit blurry for me. So anything that has a clear lens, like a camera, it's not going to show you the same thing that I see. It can show me a picture of what it looks like to everybody else who doesn't have an astigmatism or, you know, color blindness or something else affecting their sight. That camera is going to show me a picture of what it looks like to somebody else. You know, somebody who can see without glasses that are thick enough to be used to burn ants on a sidewalk. It's One of the reasons I don't stare up in the sun. For years, I just thought that all cameras sucked. Which really helped to fuel my own personal narcissism, which I'm really attached to. Because my image of myself in my own head is magnificent. And seeing actual pictures of myself really, really messes with my own personal delusions of grandeur. Which is a little upsetting to me. So, so I adapted the theory that all cameras are liars, total liars, and that I look way better in real life than I do in this picture. But none of the pictures are, are going to show what I see or the way I see things. I can try to explain it, I can try to show it, but no one else is really going to see it unless I modify the picture or do a painting something along those lines do some type of drawing or you know put it in adobe photoshop and it's not that the picture is incorrect it's just going to look different whoever sees it good filmmakers are really going to take what they see and put it on the screen. They're gonna take the way that they view things, they're gonna take the way that they see things, and they're gonna be able to put that on the screen. They can change the lighting, they can change how that light affects the scene and how the people look in that lighting. So because of my being blind as a bat without glasses or contacts, I started thinking about how movies would look and feel to someone else, like someone who's colorblind. So every movie has a color palette, since basically a movie is a moving painting with sound. The director or the cinematographer pick the main colors and they use those throughout the movie. It it helps to build a consistent world for that movie. For that story that you have, you need consistent world building. For that story that you have, you need consistent world building. Some movies use a red-green color palette which looks great to me. It looks amazing to me, but it's probably not going to be as impressive to somebody who is like red-green colorblind. An example of a movie that has a really strong red-green color palette is Amelie. It's a French movie from like 10 or so years ago. It has a really striking red-green color palette. The colors in that movie are really rich and they're really saturated and they seem to jump off the screen. But to somebody who's red-green colorblind, a lot of that movie is just going to look gray and black and white maybe. It's going to lose a lot of that impact. To somebody who's colorblind, that movie is going to lose a lot of impact. At work I talked to a guy who is colorblind, I mean I'm going to say he was handling his devastation about being colorblind pretty well. I'm pretty sure that deep down, deep down inside, his inability to see the color purple thus preventing him from seeing the magnificence that was Prince in his full glory has has been just a crushing blow to his life's dreams. But he's, he's, he's managed to carry on. So I asked him a bunch of questions and one of the things he talked about was that he was really more interested in seeing action on the screen rather than focusing on the colors or visuals because they just don't have as much of an impact to him. so a movie that has a lot of action or has a you know a lot of interaction is going to be something that's going to be more appealing to him since he, you don't have the wash of colors to kind of make up for that look i'm going to be honest i asked him a bunch of other questions but his answers were like really boring. So I don't remember them. And I took notes, but I sort of lost them. And I really didn't feel like going back to him to ask more questions. Since really, he's probably already filled with just sorrow at being reminded yet again, that he is not going to experience the true joy that is Santa in his jolly red suit at Christmas time. So I, being the kind person that I am, didn't go back and ask him follow-up questions. Now the red-green color palette seemed to be a lot more popular in the 90s. Now it's sort of shifted more towards a teal-orange color palette. So much so that it is actually started to become distracting if you know to look for it. Now one thing you'll notice is that if you know anything about colors, like if you've seen a color wheel, these colors like all the color palettes they tend to be on opposite sides of a color wheel so you have like the red green and those are on opposite sides and you have the orange turquoise and those are on the opposite sides of the color wheel it's mainly because those two colors together make each other pop more in a movie it gives you more of a visual impact the shift to the teal orange color palette is used Um, because in addition to being those opposite ends of the color wheel it also really makes orange stand out and most people your skin undertone is orange at least on film so because of that it really makes the faces of the actors and the skin tones of the actors stand out against uh, the background of the movie this color palette it's it's applied to the movie like a tint when you were five and you grabbed one of those blue ice pops and you know then you walked around everybody sticking your tongue out and you know telling them to look because your tongue was blue it's just tinted blue it's it's going to it's it's not that you're anything that was filmed was blue or anything on your tongue is blue it's just tinted blue and also it's it's really gross when kids do that they need to like stop sticking their tongues out i should i should probably stop doing that too when the tint is applied is actually after the shooting it's done digitally and it's done throughout the entire movie now visual effects have been used in movies and on tv for years but not just changing the colors of things or blowing things up you know, directors or producers or whoever's in charge of the way the actors look during the entire movie, they can change the way the actors look after it's been filmed. They remove wrinkles, they clarify skin tones, they change skin tones, they make your pores smaller, they remove dark circles, they can even modify an actor's expression in a scene in a movie. Additionally, they do body slimming or they beef up bodies. They'll do that throughout the entire movie. If you look up the uh, visual effects company, I think it's called uh, Lola digital effects. They specialize in these sort of facial touch-ups. It's really subtle, but the people who you seen on screen, that's not what they look like in real life. Now, these digital touch-ups, they really aren't advertised very much because not a lot of actors want to admit that they've been digitally slimmed or that their face has been smoothed out or they might even have a non-disclosure clause in their their contract so they can't talk about it plus it's really tough for them to say that you know hey i had these abs painted onto me after the fact you know when they're trying to sell dieting tips or exercise guides like from you know as a spin-off from the movie most of the actors don't have a big say in you know as far as whether they're going to be touched up or not they just do it because really none of the actors you look at even in the independent movies none of them have not been digitally touched up also if they have like a nude scene or a swimsuit scene they are probably on strict diets because if they aren't in shape, they can hold up that movie for that entire crew. So if you think about bodybuilding competitions where you have those those guys who, you know, super work out, and when they have a bodybuilding show coming up, they will diet really heavily. They will work out constantly. They will work out right before the show just to kind of buff their muscles a bit. They do all of this, you know, before they shoot that, that scene in the movie. There's just a little bit less tanning uh lotion and a little bit less body oil involved and uh if it's a guy like in bodybuilding yeah the guy's probably taking steroids for the movie you don't look like that in real life you just don't i understand they're playing a character but you know don't don't have the impression that you're going to look like that even the actors don't look like that in real life so essentially all movies have been moving paintings most with sound but they become even more like paintings with the advent of visual effects, which is just showing that something like old is new again, because when photography was developed, realism in paintings became less important. Like why do do I need to spend hours sitting while someone paints a portrait when someone can come over here and snap a photo and it will be done faster, be cheaper, and be a more accurate representation of what I look like. At that time, I'm sure there was tons of questioning in the art world as far as, you know, if artists or portrait painters would be needed anymore and if artists would be run out of business by the new technology. But I I didn't actually bother to look that up because it sounded like work. And I just ended up going down a rabbit hole for about 14 hours. One thing that did happen was that With the advent of pictures, it seemed to spark or help to increase a spark, moving art towards showing a feeling or showing how something is viewed through the eyes of the artist instead of just showing a portrait painting. When I was little, it took me years to adapt to viewing more modern paintings or abstract art. I didn't have an appreciation for it. Because you know, when you start school, you're really trying to do things that look more realistic. You were trying to practice to make yourself better. Constantly trying for accuracy so that people can tell what you're trying to draw or paint. It took years for me to be taught and to realize that a painting that's not photorealistic is not just a picture of what was happening at the time, but it's that artist's image of what they saw and what they felt you're not just capturing an image you're capturing a feeling it was showing someone's perception of an event or emotions during an event rather than just showing the event happening what i love about paintings is the ability to show someone else's point of view you're able to look at this and see something through someone else's eyes they're going to be able to show you the things that they see and notice things that you might not see they can direct your focus in a painting to what they think is important. That's also kind of why I have a real fondness for cartoons or artwork or movies with strong visuals. You're seeing something through someone else's experience or eyes. But now we have Instagram or Snapchat filters that allow you to completely modify a picture. There are so many pictures that are filtered to the point where almost nothing in the picture is real. They've gone from being accurate pictures like you would see with the initial cameras that were created back to being paintings that amplify the way that someone or something looks and being an very idealized picture of what someone thinks they want someone else to see when they see them now don't don't get me wrong i am all for getting rid of the zit in the last picture or changing the light of it so that you look human and not like a pasty-faced plague victim but at this point in time filters have been overdone to the point where it's it's a picture but the entire picture has been painted over when when you see that person in real life it doesn't even come close to matching what you've seen through who knows how many filters. And you're also missing the expression and the differences that make faces more interesting. Because when everyone is viewed through the same filter, when all of the visual effects and all the filters are from the same companies, everybody starts to look the same. Too many people are trying to take the perfect picture when it doesn't exist outside of a screen. Too many people are trying to present a perfect image when it doesn't exist outside of a screen. And perfect is going to be different for everybody. There's too much striving for perfection when really no one's gonna say the same thing that you do. So when you see perfect faces and perfect bodies, it kinda doesn't matter because it's not who they are. There are times when I want accuracy and perfection. When you're talking about buildings or infrastructure or flying in a plane, I I am all for being as close to perfect as possible. Those have a set, hey, perfect is we don't die kind of thing. I'm cool with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. But when you're looking at pictures, some imperfections bring life to the picture instead of making it look plastic. Instagram photos and snapchat photos and basically digitally altered photos are moving towards creating different worlds. They are just as much of a fantasy as Lord of the Rings with a Dark Crystal. The problem is that even if you're aware that they're fake when you're looking at them, if you look at them all the time it starts to stick in your head that, wait a second this is what I'm supposed to look at, this is what I look at all the time, this is how I'm supposed to appear. So if you spend a lot of time looking at all of that stuff, you should probably give yourself a break every once in a while. And again, remember if you see them in real life, be they the actors or Instagram people or whoever, no one's gonna match up to what they look like behind the filters. It's not that they look bad in candid shots or when you see them in real life, it's just that they don't have layers of digital painting on them, so they look different than what you're expecting. Granted, a lot of people seem way more interested in putting like a dog or a cat or bunny filter over their face than, you know, in perfecting their looks. You know, oh, look at me, I'm a turtle. I think this may have uh, affected the Cats movie. They probably, for the Cats movie, should have just used the Snapchat filter so that they don't look quite so weird. I can't help but wonder how the animal filters are going to affect people a few years from now. Yeah, I, have a, I have a strong feeling that the furry community may be in for a bit of a resurgence in the next couple of years. Instead, instead of saying, oh send nudes, you're gonna get someone on the other side who said, hey, can you, uh, can you, uh, can you put on that hedgehog filter? Just, just, just one more time. Just, just once. I really think there might be a big boom in full costume design shops. If I could sew something that didn't look like a deformed gunny sack, I might start an Etsy business. Fuzzy love or something like that and do big business. That's a lie. I would falter immediately. I'm inept at selling. Horrible at it. I do stand by my belief that there's going to be an uptick in the furry community. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Anyway, that is it for this time. Thank you for listening and have a good night.